welcome. My name is Douglas Getz, and you've found your way to the Diving and Thriving podcast. Here, we have enlightening conversations about how we can better navigate this sometimes crazy world we live in. From refreshing spiritual perspectives to tips about personal growth, the focus here is about how we can become better human beings. So I'd like to thank you for being here today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Action. All right. <laughs> What's up, Jesse? It's good, dog. How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm happy to have you on, brother. It's a pleasure. Really? Happy to do this. Excited. A little nervous, but it's all good. Yeah, right. I was a little nervous of getting things set up before this. I was like, I wonder how everything's coming together, or if like first in-person podcast was like is this gonna work is that gonna work right i was like it's gonna work it's weird it's just weird having a conversation that you know somebody's either gonna be watching or listening to as opposed to just be like you know i'm having this and it's disappearing the moment i'm done with it as it, and now it's like oh no this is etched in time like anybody could go back and watch and analyze and uh yeah through that's weird yeah yeah honestly that was one of my reasons in starting a podcast was because i'd have so many good conversations over time oh yeah it was like these things have got to be recorded like this is valuable to someone somewhere like if they choose to listen to it yep so I'm like, oh, they gotta, they gotta watch this. Or... I've had that same thought so often. I mean, I can just think of all the times I've been sitting down with friends. Like, I can't believe we're not recording this right I now. Know. It's always a little different though when those conversations happen, and you're like, oh, I wish we were recording this. And then mm-hmm. when you sit down, when the record button's pushed already, you're like, oh, what was I? Gonna <laughs> yeah, say? what are, what are like, we gonna I'm talk about? But all that, good. man. But yeah, no, I'm really happy I met you and, and Jesse about two years. John. John. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah, John. Yeah couple years back at Firefly yeah man and like it's really cool man it's really nice to be able to connect with people who are on a similar level because just it's 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 always nice man yeah like that that vibration grows and you're like oh oh yeah I, I think that way too right I do that too I think that way I try to like incorporate these views into my life and yeah the the spirituality is always something I've gravitated toward yep and personal development and another reason I make these podcasts is just so I can get to know people more and I love getting to know people and sharing stories honestly like everybody's been through something absolutely everybody's been through something so you're a yoga teacher and you're doing something really cool with a a meditation set or a holistic practices center yeah wellness center just general i mean in in general we're we're going towards yoga meditation and that's kind of what our background is my partner and i but uh well we're open to anything i mean she's a little bit more interested in chinese medicine i'm a little bit more on the path of like ayurveda which is kind of similar but like more like the indian equivalent of all that and uh we just want to pull everything under one roof and give people a chance to, to come and figure out what works for them so that they can find the tools and practices to to be their best version of themselves, you know, to have that sense of connection to a, a deeper practice and something that makes them feel more alive and engaged in life and helps them to navigate their, their healing and wellness and whatever, you know, every, everybody's own individual way. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can just put that platter out there and let people come buffet and see what they like yeah 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 there's a lot of i really like it because there's like a lot of alternate ways to choose healthiness of yep. being healthy and a lot of like because pretty much that yoga and chinese medicine and different things are 
there's like usually two separate ways of looking at things. There's Eastern and there's Western. Right. And Eastern has a lot of yoga and like acupuncture and different things that are kind of outside the mainstream living here in the US. And so I find a lot of those being more holistic, more whole focused, like everything is is one instead of just treating the symptoms. Exactly. Which a lot of like Western medicine has done. Wait until there's a problem, fix that, kind of. Well, that's, you know, the way I've started to look at it recently is that there's the, the Western model, which is more quantitative, like how, much, how many macronutrients, micronutrients are you getting? Let's put everything into percentages. Let's uh, put everything on paper and, and try to, you know, create conditions to run these experiments to get these results where we, you know, adjust and control the variables. And then there's the Eastern side, which is more qualitative. It's like, okay, well, there's always going to be variables. So how do we play with that? How do we play with each individual person's kind of elemental composition, how that works with their life, with their diet, with all these other kinds of things. So I think it, it is a broader, more inclusive model of just being and wellness and it, and it takes into consideration things that are more metaphysical which a lot of western science and and thought and philosophy has kind of done a pretty good job of of pushing to the side because it's hard to explain or impossible to explain it's impossible to quantify so we can't really use it mm. in our model and so uh rather than trying to explain the inexplicable uh it's easier to kind of just be like okay we'll we'll shove that aside and we'll call that like woo-woo or, or, yeah. or you know something or alternative or yeah you know, uh -huh. give it any of these names and clearly i have a bias but i mean yeah. there's there's a world where both can exist and, and cooperate and and you know it's like don't my one of my favorite quotes one of my favorite teachers ramdas would always say is like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right so if yeah. you have something good even if there's something not good around with it, it's like, you know, can you extract the goodness and not throw it all out just because you don't like this one facet of it or this one element of it? And I feel like that's, you know, how we learn and grow just in general. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of learning and growing that we do yeah. in our time here. Oh, yeah. So. That's pretty much all it is. <laughs> that's pretty much all it is. A little, little bit of play, honestly. a little bit of fun. But yeah. Yeah. yeah you learning. try not to do too much work. Yeah. Try to get too, like, bogged down with the stresses of life. It's all about the balance. It is. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So you've been a yoga teacher for how long? So I've been teaching since 2016. I've been practicing probably since 2012. But when I first got into it, it's like most people. It's the physical practice. It's mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I guess yoga is stretching and, and some breathing. And you do that on your mat for an hour and then you're done yoga. Yeah. Um, but then when I got into my teacher training in 2015, that kind of really exposed me to the philosophy of yoga, like the yoga sutras. And, and then as soon as I got into that, which is what I would consider more the psychology of yoga as well. That's when I was like, wow, this is, this is something rich. This is something deep. And that's what kind mm. of kickstarted my deeper journey into yoga, which sent me to India for a couple months in 2016. And then when I got yeah. back, I started teaching. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. What are some of those philosophies? Cause I don't think I've dived into the philosophies too much of yoga. So there's a lot, right. And yeah. so like to, to say that like there is, a yoga philosophy is it's it's a, a really loaded thing to say you'd have to unpack it yeah there's like, not one words. philosophy but, of course. Uh, the yoga sutras kind of looks at like an eightfold path of yoga or an eight limb path of yoga which is called ashtanga yoga and now there's a physical ashtanga yoga practice which is like i think what a lot of people 
think of when they hear Ashtanga, but Ash- Ashta just means eight and Tanga is like limb. So eight limb path yoga, which involves kind of like uh, right mindset, right attitude, like a right way of like self-care. And, you know, these things go from like, do no harm, tell the truth, mm-hmm. um, keep your body, mind clean, things of that mm-hmm. nature. And this is kind of creates the foundation of yoga, which then goes into asana, which is what we think of as the physical practice. But in Patanjali yoga, who, who kind of outlined the eight limbs of yoga, he said that uh, asana is there's only one line in stira sukha asana. And that just means uh, a sturdy but comfortable seat because it's really preparation for meditation. And then there's pranayama, how to work with the breath and the energy of prana, the life force energy akin to like chi or ki in mm-hmm. other traditions. Mm-hmm. Pratyahara, so how do you turn your senses back inwards? Because normally we're mm-hmm. going outwards, looking mm-hmm. into the world and, and kind of having that outward experience. And then pratyahara is like, how do we redirect our focus, our attention inwards to the place where the experiencer is or the the witness. And then it it gets into meditation. Uh, It starts with concentration, meditation, and ultimately samadhi, which you would say is complete absorption or like nirvana or enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really a path to enlightenment. And uh, that's just Patanjali yoga, right? And then you have have like karma yoga. So some people say the way you can reach yoga is by doing action without being concerned with the fruits of the action so do the action for itself offer that action mm-hmm. to your idea yeah. the supreme or your yeah. highest self and then there's bhakti yoga how do you devote and show your love and and feel that loving sense of connection with all of life all of humanity and like yoga just means union right so you're bringing these things together these things which seem separate and you know we're conditioned into this dualistic nature of our minds um but really there's an underlying unity there so how do we bring Mm. our sense of separateness into conjunction with this underlying unity so that we can then not only experience that unity which is a fullness a contentment and a completeness which you would call ananda or bliss um, but also how to, that would shape the way we live our lives because when you don't see others or separate yeah, them, you know that yeah. changes your interaction it changes your relationship with everything yeah. so it's kind of all about relationship really mm. it down to that yeah 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 i find that to be the case a lot in all honesty just in my life because there's times when I'm very focused on what I'm doing and what I'm working on and very like one in many versus like everyone being together. If you're the same as me, so is that lady on the street, so is that homeless person. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny. I hang out. I've been going to some dance medicine Philly groups. Yeah. Some really good quality, wholesome people that come together for an experience to dance and, and shake their bodies and listen to music, do some sound healing, do some yoga or some meditative movement to start. And it's just a super quality environment that reminds me like, oh yeah, this is what life is about. Sure. Like this is a lot more, it just feels so much better than the dualistic way of I'm a separate person from you and at the end of the day it's my stuff and I gotta focus on my stuff instead of like focusing on you or seeing how you're doing or checking in and things like that so I found that going to those events and like different things like different festivals and hanging around quality call them like hippie people or whatnot (laughs) people that are into like a different kind of mentality or different area of of study different march into the beat of a different drum they march to a different beat yeah. that i get reminded that wow this stuff is so important 
and I'll forget that at times. And so I find events like that or music festivals or even just like the camping trip you, John and I went on like a month ago. It was like, wow, this is, this is valuable. And and it brings me back to that idea of wholeness and oneness and yeah, it's, it's such an important concept that honestly gets lost a lot because the busyness of life right. kind of like beats it out of you. I, I got my to-do list for today. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, can you work on that to-do list and also like give to the homeless or also like remind and keep that idea present that everything is, is one and like our molecules of this energy is the same as the energy in this blanket or this couch. Yeah. So it's that's the, that's the art of living right there, right? That's, it is the art of living. How do you and this kind of you know the way I I usually look at everything through the yogic lens now. So the way I see yeah. that is like there's uh there's two kind of yoga paths. One's the renunciate path, which is like okay, I'm gonna do away with the world and just like retreat into my cave and meditate until I have self realization. And then there's more of the tantric path, which is essentially recognizing the ocean of oneness, right? And just like as a wave expresses its individuality, it's no less the ocean. It's drawing from that sense of collective oneness and creating this individual thing, which is expressing itself in its own individual way, right? It's not It's not going to be the same as every wave, but in its essence, it's the ocean still. And yeah. so it does have that sense of sameness and, and whatnot. And so I... I would say the tantric path, which I'm more interested in now, is how do we realize that we're the ocean and pull mm. that oceanic oneness and, and expressiveness into our own individual presentation of you know how we live our life, how we interact mm. with and relate to people and circumstances and. Uh, yeah, because there is a beauty in individuality as well. Like yes, that mm. sense of connection and that sense of you know being the same on a certain level is is beautiful but if we were all just the same to the point where we didn't experience our individuality um then there'd be no experience anymore it'd just yeah. be like the void there wouldn't be anything other there wouldn't be any reflection any relation because it would just be the same like one big blob of sameness yeah yeah, yeah no, nobody wants that that's too now, boring why you know why why be here why be alive if if like you know there isn't that uniqueness of individuality and expression yeah yeah so then so like personally how do you remind yourself to like <laughs> keep that view instead of or keep that idea in the front of your mind versus just kind of letting it fade to the background it comes and goes, right? It's it like it, when I do my practices, it's a way to kind of tap back into that. Mm. And then I go out in the world and I basically forget it. But, you know, each time yeah. I come and tap into it, I I realize or I recognize when I forget it. And it's kind of like mm-hmm. a game. That's the, the way it is. And, and uh, in, in the tantric path, you would say that Shakti or the divine feminine force is that which both conceals or or hides things like the maya the illusion of separateness and things like that but it's also that which reveals so when we have those blissful moments or ecstatic moments of full oneness and wholeness and completeness with all it is like that's the same power that turns that off and like Mm. it's doing this because it's this dance that we're doing this in and out and it's it's Uh the ebb and flow of things exactly right it's it's the pulse it's the breath it's the Mm. it's 
that vibration of life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it is an ebb and flow because I'm in and out of it myself. And there are times that I'll, I'll catch myself at work just like when I'm a server and I'll get so caught up in tasks or doing things and then I'll walk outside and I'll like something sometimes nature really does it oh, for yeah. me seeing a really good sun sunrise or sunset or just in the middle of the day and now that it's fall the changing of the trees mm-hmm. and just stopping to take a couple breaths like wow this is this is really amazing that I'm here that I'm in this location that all these that we're in a building that has running water and like all this restaurant equipment and people like just just being fascinated by the things that we kind of take for granted yeah is is one thing that I like to it's really nice to remind myself of it's like oh yeah this stuff is really amazing and just taking a couple moments taking like a couple breaths to appreciate all that and like that's it's so valuable it is and you need that you need something that does that for you whether it's nature yeah. whether it's a hobby whether it's it's something like that because I, I think at least in my experience where the most trouble and setback in my life has occurred is when I've been really so consumed in myself and mm. where I am and comparing like I should be further along oh, than I am yeah. just all those little kind of mental pitfalls that you find yourself in it's like a walk in the fall looking at the foliage you know it can snap you out of it for a minute yeah and that's always there right that realization yeah. that truth is just always true yeah we just forget and yeah and like i think that's part of it right like uh-huh. it, there's it's like the hide and seek game it's like you know you know that it's there yeah it's just hiding temporarily so that the excitement mm-hmm. of finding it again like is you know it's like worth it yeah yeah Yeah, i read this one book it was called psychopictography i think it was by vernon howard i believe not familiar um there was one section in the book and it talked about this one person going on a drive and you could be on a beautiful drive through mountains and trees and but you could be caught up in what's going on mentally yeah and none of the the beauty around you gets taken in but you go on it again and with a clear mind and focused on nature, forgetting about your stuff, and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And you can have two totally different experiences just depending on where you're at mentally. Exactly, and that's always the case, right? It's yeah. like, you know, it's our, our mental state is such a determining factor on how we experience life, and I think that's mm-hmm. been the most important thing for me to realize, and I think that's why initially I went to school for psychology, I was like, why do I think this way? Like, why do I look at the world this way? And, and I started uh-huh. to try to understand my mind and, and I guess my subjective perception of the world. Um, and then, you know, I went through all my stuff, my depression, my anxiety, my time impatient and, and being on different meds and kind of went through all of that in this process of, of self-discovery. And fortunately it led me all to things like mindfulness and, and yeah. different Buddhist practices, yoga, tantra, all of that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, looking back now, it's like, okay, that was just all part of this journey. This was all part of like something that was in the, in the moment it felt wrong, right? It felt like the suffering is, is not part of the wholeness or completeness of it all. But then, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm starting to see it different. And that clarity I think comes the more you're, just kind of living through your heart right and the more you're just listening to your intuition you're you're taking those walks when you feel like you need them or you're taking mm-hmm. those breaths when you feel like you need them um 
yeah, it's just part of the growth process, at least in my experience. Yeah. Yeah. And situations like that, like going through stuff like that has become an extremely common thing, honestly, yeah. nowadays. And I don't know, has, do you know if it's always, I feel like anxiety, depression, I don't know how often it's been like, I don't know how often it's been cataloged or recorded and whatnot yeah. through history or through like whether American history or European history or whatnot. Um, I feel like it's like really prevalent nowadays, anxiety and depression, especially with technology being exactly. such a thing because that shit fucking just exacerbates it. It does. It's yeah. It's amped up a lot. I feel like it's been more prevalent and more intense. Um, and I think, you know, it's easy to look at the world and say it's because of all these things. But I think really, you know, what technology has done is just exacerbated this this movement or this sense of disconnectivity already. And like, we think the internet and like social media connects us more to people mm. and things, but we're spending more and more time in these artificial worlds in these artificial connections. And I think we're, we're losing our sense of connection to nature, going out mm. and hiking, going out to an ecstatic dance and like being with people and sharing in that space. And, mm -hmm. um, I feel like it's probably correlated. I don't know if that's causative, but the more time we spend in artificial worlds or eating artificial foods or having artificial relationships, the more yeah. that general sense of disconnectivity, which I think expresses itself as anxiety or as depression, I think that's kind of what feeds it. And then the antidote to that obviously is finding that sense of connection again yeah moving away from the artificial and, and being more um interested in in what's natural and, and yeah kind of, you know it goes into all different dimensions of wellness for sure mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's funny like when you notice like oh i should go do this or yeah. you think oh i should go make some food or i should do this knowing like kind of your your intuition knowing this would help me right now exactly and then i've noticed times in my past where i've pushed that off yeah. and just stayed scrolling on instagram or stayed watching videos and like just kind of exacerbating whatever negative feeling i'm feeling or it's usually kind of like something will happen mm -hmm. and then the the after or like the coping with it, quote unquote, would just be like sometimes laying in bed and just like kind of sulking or this and that, dwelling on it, thinking negative thoughts about it and then not really doing anything about it, like going on a walk or talking with people or going on a run and different things. And it's like in my past, I've had issues with just staying in that state until I just, I can't stay in that state anymore. I'm too hungry to continue laying in bed. I have to get out. I got to find some food to eat. And it's at that point, it's what's the quickest thing I can eat. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not an enjoyable way to be. And like the quicker that you can listen to those like intuition, intuitive thoughts or knowing I should get up, I should go on a run the better you feel. And so what I realized it's like, the sooner I can get to that, the better for me. Yeah. At least, cause dude, it's not fun staying in that state, you know. I know, yeah. I'm sure, like so many people know that state, whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. different for each person. Of course. Whatnot, but it's it's all pretty much the same. Right, like, it's a feedback loop. 
it's that it's yeah. that cyclical nature of like you know and i think part of it too comes from like we have a really hard time of like hearing that inner voice because we're so distracted because there's so much noise in the environment like there's you know we have all of these devices all the time at our side and near us and they're just always kind of taking our attention away and i think when we can turn all those off for a little while like like you said just you eventually get hungry right like and nature naturally says okay something needs to change something needs to move and it drives that and you can resist that Mm -hmm. for as long as you can but eventually like it's either going to completely destroy you or it's going to push you in a direction of something that's going to nourish you Mm -hmm. and i think when you learn to listen to that voice and, and to listen to that we have to get quiet, right? We have to turn off some of the noise sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the more that we do it, the more that we understand, oh, wait, this voice is, like, my best friend. Like, this is guiding me towards, yeah. like, my best version of self. And then it becomes, like, why am I ignoring this voice again? Like, every yeah. it's like, wait a second, like, I hear you, but for some reason it's just like ingrained in me still to just be like oh no 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 let me like watch another episode mm-hmm. of this series on netflix or let me just lay here for another 15 20 minutes in bed and not yeah. get my day going i know yeah it's it's weird it's I, our, it's our best friend and our worst enemy i know it's crazy i don't know if it's the same voice or if it's two different voices coming from two, two different places but yeah. Like, sometimes it's just like, oh, let me lay here until the last possible minute I have to get up. Yeah. What's that last minute? I'm doing nothing in the meantime. Right. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm <laughs> doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. Pushing off, all right, I have to get up at 10.50. All right, I'm going to lay here until 10.50. 10.55 comes, I could probably push it another five minutes. All right, I get up at 11. Now I got to rush. Yep. It's like... That doesn't help. That doesn't help me at all. That doesn't help anybody. But we do it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like I, I've, I've contemplated this like so much. Like what is it that interferes with just our intuitive knowingness of what we need to do? And like why? Like why do we always? It's or, or so often. Like why do we keep giving into it? Why do we? Why? Why is it so hard to recognize it when it happens? But it's so easy to recognize it after the fact, like looking back. I guess hindsight's always twenty twenty. So. Yeah, yeah. Hindsight, it's it's a lot tougher as you're going through it to say, all right, I'm going to get up yeah. now. And honestly, my thing, and we all have to figure out what works best for us. If I'm ever in a funk like that, I've figured out that I need to get out and go on a run. Yeah, running's great. Running is great because mm-hmm. it keeps you engaged. You can't really think too much about everything going on. Because you have to focus on breathing. Yeah. And if you do that for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, you come back, you're exhausted. Like, oh, this was good. Now you're in a bit of a different mental state because now you're not just a ball of energy who hasn't done anything except for think. But you've actually done something. You've run. You've gotten some energy out. Honestly, it helps to clear my brain because it's a fog that happens up there. Well, and you get the endorphins too. And like, I think that's such like, we live in such like a chemical soup too. And, and like, I think that's another thing, like coming back to like things like social media is like we scroll because we just keep getting those dopamine hits. And that's like that instant gratification. I think we've just in general, like technology and convenience culture has made Mm -hmm. everything. So 
like instant gratification is like I'm gonna, I want to be satisfied I want to be satisfied right now mm-hmm. um, but then eventually I think we find out down the road that those instantly gratifying things aren't actually gratifying over time and sometimes denying that or or pushing ourselves through that to go out and run you know maybe right in this very second mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do but I know after yeah. it's done like I'm gonna feel better and it's mm-hmm. just you know we I think we have to learn or or you know, hurt ourselves or suffer enough until we recognize that that's yeah. that's the way. Is to sometimes just be like, no, I don't need this right now, and to be like, here's what I need, even if it's what I don't want, and do it. And I, you know, that's discipline, and that's it's a great thing. I think we've like we, or at least I have at points in time. You can go either way, right? You can be like we were talking about earlier. You can be such a perfectionist yeah. that like discipline becomes almost like counterproductive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you don't have any discipline, if you don't have any ability to control yourself and to steer yourself in the direction of things that are going to replenish you, um, good luck, I guess. Yeah. Like you're you're just making life harder for yourself. It's it's rough. Yeah, for sure. It's really tough. But it's it's cool to hear that you're also a perfectionist. Yeah. As well. I, I mean, you said that. It's not like, a great thing. <laughs> it's not. No, I've struggled with that, with that myself. Yeah. Like, countless times in my past, like, I remember I would rake the leaves off my grandparents' lawn and during the fall, and I'd try to get every leaf off the lawn, mm-hmm. every single leaf. And that doesn't matter because there's leaves falling behind me, and it's going to be there tomorrow. So... There's no need for that. I remember my dad, because I was very similar with like school projects and certain things and trying to like that last 10, 5, 10% that I would really be nitpicky about. Yeah. And my dad said, Doug, with, with the level of effort that you put into things, your 80% is totally fine. 80 to 90%, you're good. You sweating over that last 10% really isn't needed. Right. Like, whatever you do at 80% is is solid work. So don't forget that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I remember a friend that was I was talking to was, because he started a podcast a little bit before me. Mm-hmm. I was friends with him, and he was, like, running with his. And I remember listening to one of his podcasts, or he was telling me about it, and he was recording it on his phone on a walk through the woods, yeah. just, like, as if he's, like, on a phone call. And I was like, Wow. If he can do that, I don't need to sweat about all the details before I launch this thing or before I start recording and start putting it out there. Right. I don't need to sweat those details. And so it's really nice picking up tips from other people and how they work. So it's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to do it this way. I can do it a different way. And, yeah, perfectionism is something that I've struggled with for a long time. And then wanting other people to be okay. hold it. It's impossible, man. It really is. That's. I think that's the thing too. Uh, you know, for perfectionists, is you usually hold yourself to really high standards and high accountability, which is mm-hmm. good on a certain level, but is also makes it impossible to get things done sometimes. And and even when you do get things done, like you were saying, like eighty percent of a perfectionist is usually like 110% compared to somebody who's just like a little lackadaisical and doesn't care that much about things. But, uh, but I think the thing you said about the leaves and raking the leaves is like such a good metaphor. It's like, even if we get what we think is every single leaf, like there's going to be another one that falls. Mm -hmm. And like, that's it with life, right? Like, even if we think we can 
nitpick every little detail of life and and rake up all the leaves of our life like you know another fall is going to come around there's going to be more leaves that grow on the tree they're going to fall off and mm-hmm. like you have to do something without it and i feel like when you're in perfectionist mode it's all about getting it done and like getting it done right but when you're just like oh check out these fall leaves falling and you can like watch it and you can see the beauty of the leaves on the ground and you can rake piles and jump in it and make a mess yeah it's like you know when you can bring that playfulness back into the the perfectionism it softens it a little bit yeah and uh i gotta work on that it's it's i know those two views and they kind of do run side by side and yeah we definitely get more task focused Mm -hmm. at times and like playful focused or just enjoying the process because like enjoying the leaves and raking can be an enjoyable activity if it's not just let me get this done yeah but we live in a society too which really favors and rewards like getting things done right and it, yeah. it's kind of like if you're not being productive you're you're lazy almost and then yeah. like, there's a whole stigma against that so there is this kind of like underlying notion or societal pressure to always be getting something done or doing something or or you know just engaging ourselves in some kind of productive activity and like we, you know, we measure things according to like productivity mm-hmm. as opposed to like how good do you feel doing this? Like, you know, and again, yeah. it gets back to that quantity versus quality thing of that Western mindset. It was like, how much did you get done? Can we measure it as opposed to, you know, that more Eastern qualitative approach is like, okay, well, you know, in the process of doing this, did you learn anything? Did you grow? Did you expand your sense of self or well-being mm-hmm. in any kind of thing like that? And, and I think that's what I've liked so much about, relying on the Eastern philosophies and and practices and things of that nature is that it's helped me to bring that sense of almost yin into this very young Mm. kind of Western world that we live in, which is all like, go, 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 do, do, do. Yeah. Without the like, stop and think how you feel. And like, is this really what you want? Like, is this really bringing you any joy or is this just mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do or yeah. what you think you're supposed to do yeah I've gotten to that point festivals are a big reminder of that oh, for yeah. me because festivals are kind of like a playground for adults mm-hmm. and you're you're free however many days you're there do what you want go where you want meet different people like do basically be free for those days and adults don't really get that too much because right. there's so much rigid, rigid, rigidity or scheduled things in our, our day. And like leaving a festival, I'll be looking at the sky like, wow, this is beautiful. Yeah, I'm driving and I probably shouldn't be looking at the sky as much, but I'm balancing it. I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful day out here. And like enjoying the drive yeah. versus just about where I got to go. And bringing that into more aspects of our day can create a really nice flow and like ease where where things get done and you show up where you got to be, but you show up in a different way where you enjoy getting from here to there. And it's not just all about where you're going, but it's about getting from here to there and enjoying that. The journey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Enjoying the walk to your car. Like doing a little dance or like being excited that, that you found something and taking that, that time. Because, yeah, it's, it's so easy to, to forget all about the in-between and just like, I got there. Mm-hmm. So easy. 
Well, that's what I've been working on a lot recently. Um, and I just started noticing it because I just recently partnered with this woman to open this wellness center. Yeah. And, and so like, for me, I'm like, Oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. this is my first like business ownership kind of role that I'm in. I don't know why I put that in quotes. Cause I am like yeah. part owner, but like, I don't know. I don't feel that way. I don't, I do labels are weird to me. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't identify as like, uh, any my name or these initials after my name like you know i'm just this being who's having this experience that happens to be going this direction but what i've noticed is that like i get into this mode where it's like all right i gotta do all this stuff and then i can relax but what i've been trying to do is like all right well why don't you relax enjoy yourself and then do all this stuff that you need to do because like you know i to set aside relaxation or enjoyment for after the to-do list is all checked Mm -hmm. off and crossed off it's like you know, then you're leaving like what a small fraction of your life available for enjoyment. But like, can't you do everything with that? And I think that's from yeah. the attitude of like, I have to do this versus like, wow, I get to do this or like, you yeah, know, that whole. And it's, again, it's all mindset, it's all perception. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, at least in my life, that's been the biggest difference maker. It's never been about the external circumstances. It's been about you know where am I internally and how am I approaching this from an attitude perspective. Um, and, and learning to, to recognize those aspects of myself like perfectionism or like um, depression or anxiety or procrastination and seeing them when they start to arise and instead of like pushing them away, right? Instead of being like, oh no, that's scary, that's a shadow, like that's mm-hmm. bad, that's wrong, like how do I get rid of this? It's like uh, there's this teacher, Pema Chodron, and she's just a beautiful Buddhist, a Buddhist meditation teacher, and she, mm-hmm. what she says a lot of times is like, smile at that, right? Smile at these uncomfortable or, or difficult things as they arise, because they're a part of it too, right? And we can't just separate the bad from the good and everything. Like we either want life and all of life and to experience that, or if we want to say no to an aspect of life, we're saying no to its opposite as well. So if we want to say no to bad, we're also essentially saying no to good. If we want to say mm-hmm. um, no to procrastination, we're also kind of saying like yes to procrastination in, in a weird way because or we're saying yes to judgment or yes to um, exclusion or something along those lines. And so it's maybe not always so easy to put it into examples like that but uh just in general that that whole notion of needing to wait till the weekend so i can enjoy myself or wait till a vacation till i can relax or you know we always i think or at least i always do i gotta stop saying we always because i know it's unique to me but I, i i do frequently reserve my joy or relaxation or or just ease and comfort for like after everything's done mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really working on trying to yeah. pull that into everything that I do yeah and that's a good thing to work on too yeah it's been nice it's been a good journey trying yeah. to learn that for sure yeah that's yeah. good have you noticed some differences as you go about your day I do like I catch myself getting too goal oriented or too results oriented and and i feel like when i relax and enjoy it the goal and the result ends up being way better like it's not i can't make the perfect outcome but if i can put joy and presence and and like just whatever whatever i can cultivate in a relaxed state into what i'm doing the outcome is is great and if it's not great like 
I don't blame myself for it. I just look at the outcome and I'm like, okay, like, cool. That was fun. Here's what didn't end up that great. And here's what I learned. It's like, all right, well, now I enjoy making those changes as opposed to like, oh, I got to change this about me or about that or about this person or about this situation in order for me to be able to enjoy it. It's like, no, the joy's already there. Mm, um, there's yeah. little micromanagement yeah. changes and things like that. They just happen because like, it's the nature of nature to correct itself and to yeah. find that harmony. Yeah. 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 That's kind of like getting in the flow. Uh, yeah. I describe it as, and I've noticed that a lot after, after music festivals, cause music festivals have been such a, like relaxing. It's been my, my go-to kind of vacation. Yeah. If I'm staying in the country or if I'm being local or, whatnot because that's it's a party for five days there's there's no doubt about that you meet a lot of different people and you do a lot of different things and it's it's a fantastic time and then i've noticed as i leave that things are very if i can't find something it's all right i'll find it later Mm -hmm. it's no big deal versus like regular life it's like where is that oh man and then it like weighs on your head yeah so it's it's a very different mentality because really a lot of what we're talking about is the mentality we we carry with us as we go through our day and it's 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 very different it's like night and day it's some things if you're in that like good mentality a lot of things don't bother you right. oh i'm gonna get to that i'm not worried about that i remember one time i was hanging out with friends this was right before i did I had a final to do for a, a class that i was doing a public speaking final and i hadn't started the the final presentation that i had to do which was like a five or 10 minute speech for the PowerPoint and whatnot. And I was hanging out with two friends. I remember thinking, oh, I have to do that. And then I said, I'm going to do that, but I'm not gonna let that, that thought enter my mind mm-hmm. and cloud me hanging with my two friends. And I was like, oh. And so then I went back to hanging with my friends and then I ended up doing it that night or the morning of, and I did fine on it. But I remember having that specific thought of, I'm not going to let this, that future thing cloud this moment. Or it could also just be like, I lost that thing or this past thing. I'm not going to let that past thing yeah. fuck up this present moment. And it's, it's a really valuable, valuable mentality to have. Be able to say no to whatever incoming thought is or what disruptive thing is, is trying to creep its way in. It's like, no, I'm going to stay where I'm at. And that's going to figure itself out. It is. It's hard to. And that's why I think it's a practice. It's so hard to. It's not. It is definitely a practice. It probably comes more natural to some people than others. But but like you said, too, I think that just comes, too, with being present and and appreciating, like, what's present. Because there's always going to be something coming or in the future that we have in the back of our mind or something that's already happened that's also in the back of our mind. But, like, no matter what, I just want to my fellow teachers say this recently and I really appreciate it is like everything we experience is now so like even all of our past experiences when we replay them in our mind or or feel the emotions that come up by reliving them in our mind that's happening now like that's happening in the present moment and if we worry or, or or look forward to something in the future like all of that is still happening like right now in the present moment I think when we can come to the present moment and more or less surrender to it right like let go it's like okay like i know that the all of the past and all the future is potentially here with me now and like i can focus on all of that or i can just 
be here and I can, yeah. you know, open up to that. And I think too, you have to have a certain level of trust for yourself, knowing that you will be able to address and to deal with everything as it comes and as it arises. Because I think if you don't have that sort of confidence within yourself, um, I think it's a lot harder than to not be anxious of the future or to be uh, hung up on how things went in the past and kind of ruminating, replaying, mm-hmm. and being like, oh man, it could have gone like this, it could have gone like that. And it's like, yeah. well, it didn't. I, I know. It the way it did, and it is the way it is. And like, yeah, you know, if if that hurts, let it hurt. If it's joy, you know, feel the joy. But like, I think learning to, uh, you know, it's maybe a perfectionist thing too, to not look back and always be like, oh man, it could have been better, it could have been more mm-hmm. perfect. Or, yeah. You know, but um yeah right you dwell on something ah damn i should have said that yeah oh god (laughs) i know right the amount of times that that comes up like oh man i should have said that that would have been a great line yeah really and then the amount of times how many times because i'll think about that in my head wow i must have gone through that same thought process maybe 15 20 times like damn i wish i said that Mm -hmm. it's like wow and then i'll start counting it too it's like jesus these numbers are getting high so it's, it's wild. And then every moment that you're doing that, the moment yeah. that you're in is slipping away. You're losing it. You're not, you're not aware of what's around you. You could have just saw that, you know, um, amazing bird that just exactly. happened to that branch right there or anything like that. It's yeah. Like, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, you miss it. There's, there's always magic in the moment. And it's, mm-hmm. it's there waiting to be realized and recognized um, yeah if we're there you know, yeah here i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. if we're here present if yeah. we're aware of it because yeah there is so much beauty that that happens birds fly different things happen mm-hmm. if if we are able to notice it because and, and i love that because you can see something really special that other people just don't see because they're looking down or they're on their phone or they're okay. in their own head mm-hmm. and it's like wow did you just see that no. Yeah. It's like, wow. I remember driving one time and I looked out my window and there was this bird, kind of like hawk, that was coming for this roadkill. And my car was riding right in the middle and this hawk like flapped its wings to stop itself from hitting my car. And I was like, whoa. And it was like a split second, two seconds, it came and it went. And I was like, wow. That's incredible. Blows your mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Those are the best. The things that are out there are crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely important to to keep your eyes up, stay aware. It is. You know, I mean, like that's I think that's my biggest fear in life is getting to the end of my life and being like I missed it. I missed so much because I was so concerned with like needing it to be a certain way or or reliving things that had already happened or or you know, going after things and and trying to like accomplish this that the other thing and it's just like you know I just want to get to the end of my life and be like, you know, I really was thoroughly involved and invested in my life. And like, I was, I, I felt it as deeply as I could feel it. I, I saw as much as I could see. I heard as much as I could hear. And I didn't, you know, get so bent out of shape thinking that I need my life to be a certain way. And, mm-hmm. but who knows, you know, I think that's, yeah. uh, that's the nature of, or that's the beauty of listening to to people who are later on in life and who are near the end of their life, which is something I realized is that mm-hmm. they, they'll tell you what really matters. And a lot of times, yeah. you know, what we think matters doesn't matter. I know. And I don't want to realize that 
when there's no time left. Right? Yeah. I want to realize that now. I want to realize that um, every single day, basically, and refresh myself as, as often as possible of, of yeah. what really matters because, again, once you're there, the, the mindset or the attitude changes everything else. And, and mm-hmm. you know, how much really matters? Yeah. The stuff that we, that we think matters. And, uh, yeah, it all matters in a certain level and a certain degree. Um, but really only as much as we say that it does or as much as it adds value to our life or yeah. takes value from our life. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to use my new phone or trying to get a new phone eventually, but also not try to rush it, kind of the instant gratification kind of deal. And I've been caught up in that recently with different things that I've wanted. I've been getting into DJing. Yep. So buying new stuff has been super easy. It's real easy. You call a place, they ship it to you, they charge you $300. Mm-hmm. Buy some speakers on Amazon, you buy some headphones, $200. All right, there goes $500. Yeah, it's easy. I'm like, oh, I'm also trying to move out of my place at this time. And I'm like, all right, hold up. I got to slow down with this because it can get out of control really quick. That delayed gratification is an important part of trying not to let things get out of control. Yeah, and and being able to prioritize too, like what do you really want um, versus like what is just something that's going to satisfy me right in this moment. And Mm -hmm. and I think uh, one thing one of my ex-girlfriends said to me that I guess her dad used to say to her is you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. And like realizing that there is a limit in terms of time and energy and all these things that we have to invest into things in our life. And we can scatter that a hundred different ways or we can go really deep into any one thing. But, but basically like, you know, there comes a point where you should have some sense of what do I really want? Um, mm-hmm. And then it just makes it a little easier. I feel like to navigate between like, okay, you know, is, is this moving me in that direction or isn't? And I think we always know the answer to that. We're good at probably fooling ourselves and, mm-hmm. and deceiving ourselves at times, but it's a good practice. I feel like it helps to, to kind of ground you and to, I think it's just natural too for all of us to have, be, have so many desires and want to fulfill all those desires. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think like, we end up being more fulfilled if we choose the desires that we really want, like in our depth of our heart, you know, what really is like calling to us in life. Um, and, uh, I guess the rest of this life is navigating or figuring out how to, how to move towards that and to steer away from the things that are distracting or, or pulling us away from that. Yeah. Maybe it's all going to get us there eventually anyway. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's a, there's a, a thousand ways to get up the mountain. Right. But I think, mm-hmm. uh, which, which way are you going to choose? Which path? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Life is, life is tricky. Life is, it's a really interesting thing to navigate the, yeah. We've come to this planet, we're born into these bodies, mm-hmm. we grow with these parents or these situations and circumstances around us, and it's like, all right, good luck getting old. Yeah. And figure out, if you figure out which way you want to you wanna do it. And like, mentality is so huge. Physical exercise and, mm-hmm. and movement is so important. But yeah, we, we definitely do get reminders when we're not doing well. And we're not like on 
on like that that path of what's serving us because like I'll get those thoughts of like I should go on a run now mm-hmm. and I'll push it off and I'll just sit there for like another two three hours and then I'll go on my run and I'll say why the hell didn't I do this three hours ago yeah, it's weird right it's, it's <laughs> extremely weird doesn't make any sense like we don't do the things that we know are good for us yeah so I don't know. Is that like a phenomenon that everybody experiences? Or I know it's true for me. I'd, I would <laughs> be surprised if the majority of people always do what they know is best for them in their heart. And I'm like, I mean, how often do we even know, right? Like I yeah. can't tell you how many times I've gone and done something thinking this was going to be good, uh-huh. and the result was like, oh no, oh no, it's not good. And then vice versa too. Like I've done things too where I'm like, I probably shouldn't do this or I don't want to do this. And then turns out like down the roads, it ended up being really important and valuable. So I, th- I think too that that comes to like not assigning too much value judgment to anything like right off the bat, and to and to be a little bit non attached to the way things are um, mm-hmm. because. You know, it's yeah. in, in every blessing is a curse, and in every curse is a blessing, and mm-hmm. it's, like, it's the yeah, and the young, right? Yeah, it's, it it's is this weird paradoxical coexistence of all these things arising in our lives, and and the way we go through our lives. But ultimately, I I guess if you're willing to learn and you're willing to listen, like you know, you, all of these things that you need for yourself in your life, in the way you're living your life, they reveal themselves to you, and. Uh, you know, maybe it takes us 80, 90 years to figure it out or 80, 90 lifetimes or mm-hmm. 80 or 90 seconds, you know, who knows? And I think yeah. you know, like we were saying earlier, it's like you, you realize it and then you forget, you find it, yeah. you lose it and it's just yeah. this, this ebb and flow and it just it's, keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a constant. Um, yeah. Another cool thing that, that about you is that I've never had so many mushrooms come up or be pointed out while on hikes. Dude, yeah. That was awesome, man. Yeah, I love foraging. Well, I'm not that I'm pretty novice in it still, but yeah, it's but, amazing. But from my from my perspective, you're like an expert. Uh, but that's that's from like the novice looking at the intermediate right. versus like the intermediate looking at the expert or, or if somebody doesn't know anything, somebody who knows a little bit. So yeah, like wow, you're so knowledgeable. Can you teach me? On the it's scale like, or relativity. I'm just passing on the lessons that I'm learning. That was cool though. I mean we found yeah. some that we ended up eating. And, I know. Uh, it's that's that's what I like I've loved about foraging is it's changed yeah. my perception when I go out into nature. Like I'm yeah. looking for things in a way I never did before. And like if I want to find food in the form of mushrooms, well I better know what tree this mushroom grows on. So then I learn about all right, well this leaf is this tree or this bark and this mm-hmm. grows in this environment and you just start to really like learn more about this environment or this ecosystem that we're in and and then when you do that just more and more things keep revealing themselves to you and that's true of everything right like the more that you're interested in in seeking something the more you start to notice how all the things around you are kind of guiding you and steering you in that direction you just need to know what to look for and where to look and that's half the battle yeah, yeah. You know, it was really cool to be able to like to see all those mushrooms as we're on a hike, and then finding. I've seen like apparently chicken in the woods is a really like well known mushroom yeah, that, that people eat. Yeah. I didn't know that too much. I've seen other people like mention it a little bit, but then after eating it, I was like, "Wow, this is delicious!" It is. It actually resembles chicken. I was like, "Wow!" So 
It's yeah, that, crazy. It is crazy. Because I grew up, I hated mushrooms. I never yeah. ate mushrooms uh, until I started eating psychedelic mushrooms. But that was like, those aren't good. Those aren't tasty. Yeah, those aren't. <laughs> I never ate those for flavor. Yeah. But, but yeah, when I started learning about like chicken in the woods and then like maitake and then lion's mane. And not only do you learn, I'm like, oh man, are these not only delicious <clears throat> and available to me in my backyard essentially but they also have like all these medicinal benefits and all these other aspects to them which are 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 just so beneficial and useful and it's you know it's so funny because Mm -hmm. we'll so often like go to a doctor or a healer or something like Mm -hmm. this for for all these things that like tell me what I need give me what I need let me take something it's like go out on a hike and like (laughs) you're probably gonna find what you need and and, and more often than not that's you know, all the medicine and the food and, and the answers are, are waiting for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely such a whole picture of everything coming together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the same things that they can prescribe us in medicine, as you can also find in your foods and whatnot. It's all derived from natural, naturally occurring things, whether it's roots or stems or herbs or something like that. And you know, we could get into the whole thing about the difference between extracting something as opposed to the whole use of it, which would be mm-hmm. more of like herbalism and things of that mm-hmm. nature. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's always it's always in nature. It's always been in nature. It always will be in nature. So yeah. we don't destroy the biosphere and the ecosystem by you know just continuously to pumping toxic stuff into it but uh yeah i I think it's it's all indicative right you can look into the the state of nature and it's very indicative of kind of where we are as a species and how we're living our life and you know more of the natural is disappearing for more of the artificial and either subsequently or or consequently we're absorbing more artificial foods and more artificial colors and more artificial lights and mm-hmm. and I, I think you know just coming from a health yeah. perspective and from uh, like I think health is natural I don't think you have to like achieve health I think health is natural yeah. but we lose health by losing that connection to nature and to what's natural and uh, going hunting for mushrooms has, has taught me a lot about that as well every time I go foraging even if I don't find anything, I come back feeling better. Yeah. It's just being out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely good for your mental health. Everything. Mental and physical, it gets you out in the world. Yeah, you look at things. You're breathing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I've noticed the days where I'm, I don't pay attention to my phone at all are some of the best days for me. Yeah. Just I'm caught up in what I'm doing. I'm focused on things. I'm, I'm on my phone to make phone calls and that's it. Have you ever done like a technology fast? Not a, not a deliberate one. No, no. It's come as a result of just like being so engaged in my world yeah. that I forget about it. But not so much a fast. The one thing that I do need to get away from, and I did this morning, was not going on my phone as soon as like I wake up. Oh man, yeah, that's that's a oh, bad habit. <laughs> I know, I know. It's that, and then watching movies right before bed too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's it's like you end your day on that note, and then you start your day on that note. Yep. It's like, oh my gosh. This is the two most pivotal points in the day. Yeah. First thing, when, first thing waking up, and last thing before you go to bed. Like if yeah. you get those two parts of your day right 
for whatever that means for you like mm. you know my morning routine is super intense i still got to work with my evening routine a little bit but i'm trying but like i don't turn my phone on for the first probably hour or two that i'm awake yeah i sleep with my phone on airplane and i wake up and i, I come down i like do oil pulling i do like all my oral care and then i do breath work meditation sometimes like physical asana yoga mm -hmm. um, and then by the time i'm done with all that you know hour and a half two hours has gone by i've already put myself like in that state mentally spiritually mm -hmm. that i want to go through my day and and then i turn on my phone and everything comes in that text <laughs> yeah no but i'm more prepared to like handle yeah it. if you turn on your phone first thing in the morning and you just bombard it with text and emails on stuff it's yeah like, it's like hey what do you want to do first thing when i wake up how about stress out it's like nobody wants yeah <laughs> you know come into this day with like this sense of like intention right and then like at the yeah. end of the day too like do you just want to pile all this information into your head before you lay down and try to rest and go to sleep or you know take a little time to reflect or journal or like have some tea and yeah just chill yeah honestly those are definitely more activities that i'm planning to get into yeah. even this morning i was just like kind of writing a bit of a poem or just writing like how i was feeling like eyes widening bed is real comfy nice like things like that and i was like let me try something else rather than wake up because like two days ago i was like all right let me start my morning routine yeah and then after like 20 minutes of that i was like all right now i'm ready to get up and i was like that's very interesting i should probably replace that with something and it's again the in and the out of it yeah and so trying to stay more of like in it meaning like the good stuff the journaling the the writing down the reflecting the even re just reading a book like somebody told me that 30 minutes before you go to bed you shouldn't have any electronics mm -hmm. and yes yeah, so it's like I probably even more than that <laughs> probably even more right that's a good that's a good general thought yeah. yeah yeah so I started reading the Harry Potter books okay I was like ah oh, perfect it's in my house let me start there yeah so I'm like on book four now hey, those aren't short books either. they're not yeah. no and they like yeah so you can either like blast through them or take your time but no, it's good, man. It's it's really good. Yeah, dude. I feel like, you know, that's that's something. Like, you, you just need some things in your day, I think particularly in the morning and the evening, where you connect with yourself. Like, you just go in and you're like, what, what am I experiencing right now? What am I feeling right now? And, like, because if, we, if we're not t attuned to that, then, like, I, th I think we don't realize when we're starting to, like, not feel well or not you know um process or digest life well uh and and i think that's when we really find ourselves in trouble either circumstantially in life like oh man now i'm in like a, a ton of debt because i wasn't really paying attention to where i was not only spending my money but spending my energy and then you get in this energetic debt where you're just like drained all the time or exhausted and then you know maybe you've been like chowing down on all this food that you're not digestion and then then the next thing you know like you're sick or you, you're having these like any kind of symptomatic disease and it's like if we're just really taking a little bit more time to listen to ourselves to feel what we're feeling in our body and our mind and our heart and emotions we really are, are putting ourselves in a position to know what to do and when to do it and and then it just becomes listening to that right <laughs> yeah i know yeah i gotta run it's like all right, yeah go. and then it's like getting up and running yeah yeah but you know right because you feel it and you know you feel it because you take that time 
to get in touch with yourself. Like you don't, you're not, and I think this is part of what happens in this culture of busyness all the time. It's like, we're always running around doing something multitasking. It's like, just stop a little bit, you know, sit down, especially first thing in the morning, especially last thing at night. Just like take a moment, like first thing in the morning, just like, all right, here comes the day. I'm going to handle it. And like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take time to, to, to really be present and to be involved in my day. And the end of the day, it's like, okay, I'm going to let it go because it's over and it's done now. And like, there's nothing else I can do. And you know, there's no point in worrying about tomorrow yet because I know when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to get myself ready for whatever's going to come. And, and I think that like, those moments of intentionality where you stop and you're mm-hmm. with yourself. Yeah. The more you do that, the more you crave that because then you realize it's like, well, why not be intentional about everything that I'm yeah. doing? Because when I'm in, when I have this sense of intentionality behind what I'm doing, then everything that I do either serves a particular purpose or which I guess is still serving a purpose. It's teaching me something like I'm learning mm-hmm. from it. Like I'm responding to life rather than reacting to life all the time. Yeah. And life's such a great teacher. Like life's a fantastic every lesson teacher is here in this world. Yeah. You're going to get it. Yeah. Life's a fantastic teacher. It and it teaches us a lot of lessons as we go on. And one of the things I've said a lot is that like challenges will come up, problems will arise and that's life trying to teach you something. Yeah. What it's trying to teach you is varies per lesson or varies each time or varies on the person trying to like interpret it. Yeah, of course. But what I find really interesting is that it'll give you this lesson, it'll give you this challenge. And if you don't pull away the lesson that you're supposed to, mm-hmm. time's going to pass and it's going to give it to you again. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, I was just in this situation and see if you do anything different. And if you go through and you still haven't learned your lesson, we'll give it to you again. And it's really interesting that way that the, the importance of reflecting and talking about something and working through it is so valuable because life is a fantastic teacher. And you know, the funny thing is, I don't really think it cares if you learn the lesson or not. No. It's just going to throw it at you. I don't, it doesn't really have a, an intention behind it or here you go. It's just going to throw this at you. I think too, like realizing that it's happening for you and not to you is such a beautiful thing because when you're like, oh, screw you life, like yeah. me all this hardship time and time again. And like, yeah, it's probably easy from a position of privilege to say something like that, you know, as opposed to being in a different set of circumstances. But, but again, it's, I feel like we just keep coming back to this thing of attitude and mindset and mentality yeah. because like, you, you know, we're, we're all definitely struggling in some area or not we all have our challenges we all have our lessons that we have to learn and we just all go about it differently and i think there's an easy way and there's a hard way and i think the hard way is to to deny it or to to um try to push it away or to try to ignore it and the easy way which isn't easy in the process is to let it change you let it evolve you let it let it reshape you or, or relocate you or whatever it needs to do. Yeah. Haven't like, I guess that kind of boils down to, do you have some sense of trust in the universe? Do you have some sense of faith in some process that's taking place, which is probably beyond your ability to comprehend it, but Mm -hmm. you believe is inherently benevolent or is bringing you 
closer towards this ultimatum, which is maybe what it's all about underneath it all. And we just kind of get lost in the in the minor details and the surface appearance of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another one that I've just come across recently is trusting in the divine unknown. Yes. Like, and relaxing into that and yeah. knowing that not everything is going to be figured out in this moment and that's okay. Maybe that's a, I was like, <laughs> ooh, because it's funny. Once I, once I start on like something new, I want to figure everything out like that. Yeah. I want to have everything figured out. I want to know how everything's working. And it's like in the first hour or two of like finding something out. It's like, okay, relax there. There's going to be some changes that occur between now and then that you're going to have to deal with. And just relaxing and trusting in the divine unknowing. The mystery. The mystery. Yeah. Yeah, not being, not having every answer right. now. And it's, it's important. Maybe ever, too, which is sometimes... Oh, Forever, yeah. Like, is it, can you be okay with maybe never knowing? Like, maybe yeah. never, you know, there's always this sense of, of, of unknown, or there's always this lack of complete closure or something. And that's, like, a really uncomfortable, I think, thing to try to even comprehend. It's like, yeah, I might never exactly. know. Or, like, it might never make sense, or it might never... Mm-hmm all these loose ends they might not tie up somewhere exactly yeah what's gonna happen how am i gonna respond if that's the case or yeah yeah Yeah, i've I've found i've gone through that in like past relationships where it's like you Mm -hmm. don't get the closure it's like at that point all you want is closure Sometimes even if you get it, you'll still dwell on things or whatnot. You never really know. It might not satisfy you. It might not satisfy you. Yeah, like you're looking looking to be satisfied. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough time, tough thing to just not have the closure, not have all those loose ends tied up at times, and just, just keep going. Cause like it's really interesting as time passes, things kind of lessen. Yeah. There is a. Uh, a saying like time cures everything mm-hmm. and as time goes on it's like oh yeah I don't think about it as much I don't I'm not as it's not a thought that's reoccurring as often and that's okay and I'm, I'm happy with that you're obviously you're a lot happier with that if it's we're ruminating on something negative and then it just slowly fades you're like oh this is good I also heard something really funny uh, really valuable come up Drake said it the other day, I was watching it on a video, and he said early in his career somebody edited a picture of him and it was like horrible and it was in the news or something. And he was like, Oh my god, my career's over, this is like all fucked, like I'm in trouble, this is gonna be bad. And then his mom said, Just give it seventy two hours. He's like, Why? He's like, Well, in the first twenty four hours, like people are gonna talk about it, it's gonna be on your mind a lot. You're gonna go to bed, you're gonna wake up the next day, you're gonna keep thinking about it. Time's gonna pass, and by the third day, everyone's gonna forget it, yeah. and you're gonna forget it too. So just give it 72 hours. That's the beauty of the world having a pretty short attention <laughs> span, I think. It's like, yeah, it, that is the case. And yeah. that happens with everything. So yeah. Like, what was big news a week ago? It's like, no news anymore. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, it was really cool. Time, right? Yeah, and then I've been saying that to myself, like, if something comes up and it's something that I'm thinking about, like, Oh yeah, that, uh, let me just give it two days. Mm-hmm. Let me give it three days, and it's like, and then it's a non-thought. Uh, to me, it's just like, let me just 
sleep. Let me go to sleep and wake up the next day. And that's, that's a, I've noticed that to me is like such a refresher. How, I can't tell you how many times lately, like with this new business that we're opening up yeah. in a week, I'm just like, I find myself at night being like, oh my God, how am I going to get this done? And then like, you know, overanalyzing all these things that I already did do and, mm-hmm. and like, you know, being hard on myself or being like, oh, I didn't do this well, or I'm not saying this well, or I'm not, I'm not ready for this or any of these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. like that kind of like builds up sometimes throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning I wake up, I'm like, huh. That's all gone. <laughs> and like, yeah, you start over. And you yeah. Just, yeah. But you, you need that little bit of time, I think. And I don't know if it's the time or the space. And I guess space time is yeah. one dimension. So, yeah. you know, one comes with the other. But yeah, it seems like that is a, it's an essential aspect of processing. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Or releasing whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's really awesome. And like starting up a business is its own thing in itself. What is the name of it? I want to give it a bit of a shout out. Give yeah. it its own like little space. So if anybody uh, is in the where Bluebell, right? It's uh, or no, it's actually in uh, Harleysville. Harleysville, technically Letter Rock. Um, yeah, so Letter Rock, PA. Yes, it, nice. uh, if anybody knows where the golf course is, it's like right up the road. But um, nice. Moyo, M-O-Y-O, is the is the business, and it's a pre-existing business, and I'm partnering with the woman, and we're kind of moving into a new location, um, and, and we also are kind of working towards um, transitioning towards Sponda, S-B-A-N-D-A. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and what Sponda means um, is, is basically, like we were talking about, it's that pulsation, that underlying vibration of life, which is mm. just kind of always moving a little bit and always flowing a little bit and and always kind of that ripple nature of of all things from the beginning of all time through to now um so yeah we just want to uh simplify things a little bit and and work with more mental health and and Mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff we were talking about today it's like how do you cultivate these things? It's one thing in, in theory to talk about them, but it's another thing in practice and application and, and really living the practice of mm-hmm. what you preach. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where all of the proof is in the pudding, right? And that's uh-huh. when you learn, okay, yeah, this sounded great, but then I applied it to my life and it didn't work. So it's like, all right, well, it's not that that doesn't work, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And then there's that whole process mm-hmm. of self-discovery and, and implementing these things. And yeah. So that's why we want to bring so many things into our business and, and open up so many avenues for people to explore things and, and have other different practitioners come in who might have a different philosophy or a background or something like that and, and really just allow people to expose themselves to all these things um, because we know we don't have the way and there is yeah. no one way. There is not, yeah. Exactly, so, uh, you know, we anyway, anyway, yeah. every way. Anyway. We're, we're good with it and uh, yeah. we have our ways and our and the things that we've learned on our paths and we want yeah. to bring them in and uh mm-hmm. you know it just seems like it'll be a good central hub for for good. people to come and and connect to themselves and a sense of community and and ultimately continue their their journey of growth and mm-hmm. self exploration self mastery yeah. and, and realization yeah all the things that i think uh are, are really driving us on a deeper level and then sometimes we misconstrue with uh superficial desires and and 
undertakings and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think those central hubs of resources, whether it's like wherever that branches off to is extremely important because there's a lot of people looking for help in different ways and they're looking for people to connect with too. Yeah. Bit of a community, people that they can just talk to and they feel better about things. I had a, a shop in my town that's called Sacred Green Earth. The gentleman moved down to Virginia. Mm. But I he was there for years. And I was going to school up north, but I'd come down. And when I was back down in South Jersey, I'd go visit a shop and we'd talk. And I'd eventually I'd start to bring my lunch, lunches in there. And we would just talk. And I'd ask him questions. And he's been on like a spiritual journey for years. And he changed his name because he didn't want to be associated yeah. with the outside world or be like playing that game yeah. so he was kind of creating his own reality within the shop and like promoting different things tarot cards like incense different books spiritual books talking all talking pretty much a lot of different topics mm -hmm. and it was awesome just to go in and hang there and talk to him about things and hear what he's working on and ask him questions and pose issues that i was facing and hear his take on it yeah and it's it's so incredibly valuable, especially so like you starting up a space like that is really a fantastic thing, because it it creates a space for other people to come in and help help them. Yeah, fills a void in their life or helps them work through issues or problems that they're facing, and even form connections with other people. Because man, I find that to be so valuable. Yeah, you yeah. talk with somebody who understands you or empathizes with you, has been in a similar situation, and that can make all the difference. You need that. You really do. Like, and I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. That sense of connection. Like when you're feeling disconnected or alone, or like you have to face everything. Kind of like it's like you against the world, or you against your problems, or anything mm -hmm. like that. It's like, we all feel that on some level. And I think when we can bring ourselves into a space where it's like, okay, like we might not be all going through the same thing, but we're all going through something and we can all go through our stuff together. And mm -hmm. like, when you have that sense of community, you feel that general sense of support. And when you don't feel alone in dealing with whatever you're dealing with, I feel like you can draw from the energy of the community and, and it just yeah. it gives you like, like a little bit of this general sense of like hand holding to get through yeah. it all right and it's, mm -hmm. it's, we're not on the load and I think too there's I know for myself pride is a lot of times an issue it's like thinking like I gotta figure this out on my own yeah. like I can't unload my struggles or my problems on other people I don't want to be a burden on them it's just uh -huh. like you know it's like we all somebody's strong here where you're weak and somebody's weak here where you're strong and Mm -hmm. And if we just keep everything inside and, and try to, you know, go through it just head down and us against the world, like a lot yeah. of times we're going to miss out on these opportunities to really grow and to evolve and to, mm -hmm. to learn and to teach, you know, we're all kind of student teachers in life. And yeah. That's the beauty of coming together. Yeah. Like having conversations like this. Or exactly. Yeah. Anything. yeah. And it's funny because when I've gotten into that view of I have to handle this on my own and I got to figure out my own stuff, I should be able to. I'm, I'm becoming an adult. I am an adult. I should be able to handle this without talking to like different people. That's like an indication for me when I know I need to talk to other people. Yeah. When I start having those thoughts or I should be able to handle this on my own, right. that's when I know, oh yeah, I should start talking to other people. Because what I found is that once you talk to other people, you feel tremendously better. Yep. 
And if you just have somebody listen to you, somebody hears you, they understand where you're coming from, they say, wow, I, that, I would feel horrible if I was in that situation. So I totally understand how you feel. You're like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah. So it's just, it's as simple as that. Like I got into like life coaching for a little and not necessarily like practice it or got clients, but even just conversations like this or talking with somebody who has, who's having a bad day. Mm-hmm doing things like that is just being there with somebody being present with them listening to what's going on with them i remember i joke like being a life coach similar to like a therapist is just a lot of listening it's just letting somebody pour out what they're trying to pour out and at the end of it you can ask a couple questions and give a couple tips but the majority of it is just letting somebody get out what they're trying to get out and it's so incredibly beneficial for them because it's no longer pent up inside. It's no longer all on them. They shared it a little bit. They feel more relaxed and then they can go about doing what they got to do. It's pretty simple. <laughs> I know. It's simple, but we, com- we make it complex, right? We do it all the time. But like, you, like you're saying, it reminds me a lot of this meditation group that I've had with a bunch of different people who kind of rotate in and out. And we, we sit together in silence for 20 minutes and then afterwards, like, does anybody need to share anything? Does anybody want to open up about anything? And it never ceases to amaze me how every time somebody kind of shares what they're struggling with, I'm like, me too. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, we've all kind of gone through this. Or like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Or like, you hear where somebody's at, and then you recognize that because you're there another time down the road. And, and I think that's this whole notion of of community and of of having conversation and just being there and listening to people is like you know we we're all going through it and we're all learning from it and from each other or or trying to and uh it's it's just so nice to have that sense of i'm not alone and uh, i got i got people here who are gonna listen and like i know that this group is going to meet every so often, or I know Mm -hmm. I can call this person. I think that having a regular meeting is nice because a lot of times the struggle is like, well, I don't want to pick up the phone right now and call that person or text that person or something like that. So you just kind of avoid it. But when you know it's going to be there every week and it's, it's no pressure come join if you want, if you got something else going on, do whatever else is going on. But it's just nice to know that like, you know, no matter what's happening in my week, I know that in this day, in this time, I'm going to have a good chance to just go sit with people, share space with them, express it if I need to, and just have that support. Yeah. Yeah. And that support is invaluable, man. Yeah. It really is. Like, it's, I feel bad for people that don't have it, and then I really hope they find it, because even just, just having my dad to be able to talk things through, I remember I was going through a really difficult time one time. And I got in the car with him and I started sharing and he started making jokes about the situation. And we, we usually joke around with each other a lot. So I was like, oh my God, this, this already feels so much better. Yeah. Already, just by somebody cracking jokes like, you did what? Oh, you just dropped the bomb there. Right. They, some, you, they help you find the humor in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you can find humor in a lot of things. Oh, yeah. It's the cosmic joke, man. It's all, it's all a little bit of a joke if, you, if you're willing to 
yeah. laugh, to laugh with life. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot better to laugh, go through life with a sense of humor. Right, life's it's, laughing with you, not at you kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, man, and if you can laugh at yourself. It's huge. It's so huge. It takes the pressure off. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's no longer a big issue. But yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun thing. It's, it's interesting navigating it. Yeah. You know, it's not always easy at times. It's, it's like having a support group is definitely valuable. Friends, having things to look forward to at times. Because, mm-hmm. like, if it gets to be all work and no play, like, well, what am I doing here? Am I, am I working just to support this house or this, what I have going and whatnot? It's like, where's the enjoyment? Life should be meant to be enjoyed. So, well, it's you know, it's I feel like I almost just journaled about this last night. It's just and and using a different metaphor. It's like if you spend all your life trying to maintain this house of cards so that it doesn't blow over, it's like when that gentle breeze comes and knocks it all down, you're going to be devastated. But when you realize that it's a house of cards to begin with, and like it's yeah. just more about rebuilding it every time it gets knocked over because it's fun then yeah. like you know it's like come on wind, come knock it all down <laughs> like come on wave come take this castle of sand that i just made because like yeah. you know I, it's i enjoyed making it exactly i enjoyed making it and i'll enjoy well i might not enjoy watching it get destroyed <laughs> but i know i can make another one That's i it. know like, yeah 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 it's cool man so what other things have you been getting into lately i know you're like i know you're big into cryptocurrency yep that's awesome. It's been, especially right now, pretty hot topic. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, just this morning, it was pushing near on new all-time highs. And uh, yeah. there's the monetary aspect of it, which is exciting, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, financial freedom is important to me. It's something yeah. that I really care about and uh, gives me the ability to live the life that I want and to mm-hmm. to support financially the things that I believe in. And then also this whole idea of, freedom and and sovereignty that comes with cryptocurrency and it's like you know i feel like there's a lot of systems in place in the world that aren't really for the benefit of all people or aren't fair or aren't optionally participatory Mm -hmm. um but what things like bitcoin and crypto have done has kind of enabled people uh another option and just be like hey look yeah you can interoperate or engage in this community or the system if you want you don't have to it's your choice and Mm -hmm. and i feel like that type of freedom plus what it does just in terms of helping to store wealth in an inflationary economic environment that we're in um it's it's not only pivotal for the current times but i imagine it being the the real kind of catalyst to this idea of decentralization where we're taking the power out of the hands of a few people who can make decisions that affect everybody and we're Mm -hmm. distributing that to everybody so they can participate in a in a form of of governance which is not based on you know any one person's ideas or power or influence yeah so it's uh it's crazy man i I feel like people who don't know about crypto like they should they should they should try to understand uh, at least a little bit because uh it's just getting started it's like if you were to just start to get to know the internet in like the late (laughs) 80s early 90s yeah you know i'm sure a lot of people at that point were like okay okay we'll know about it it's weird concept it's just a fad i remember it being described as that exactly it's a fad yeah and i don't know where crypto is going to go but uh i know 
the principles behind it and, and the mm. kind of core philosophy behind it is very much aligned with just my general kind of libertarian liberal views in the first place where like everybody should be free to express themselves and to interact with whoever they, they wish and uh, you know I don't think we need these parental figures of governmental regulation to step yeah. into everything because I think more often than not it uh, it just makes the issue worse uh, or yeah. more expensive or takes longer to to find solutions so mm -hmm. but yeah those are political views I don't need to get too yeah. Yeah. yeah well if you look into different fiat currencies and how money is created because it's a topic that a lot of people don't know right and I watched this one video way back, The Greatest Secret Never Told, and whatnot. It just went how money's created. And it's like a seven step process of the government and the Federal Reserve exchanging IOUs yeah. and then it going into the banking system. Fractional Reserve Banking. Yo, yeah, getting multiplied 10, 100 times over. Yeah. And then, like, people get it at the end and then it gets taxed and then it gets brought back. And it's like a it's a big scam. It's right. it's a big system that, and people, a lot of people don't know how money's created. They're just, they're going for money, but they don't, and I'm not even aware of it too much on how you get screwed by like inflation and whatnot. Cause yeah. I don't know, products, things seem roughly the same price. I mean, until gas starts going up. Wow, look at houses, look at education, look at all these other factors, which aren't a part yeah, of, the yeah, right? of you know, how they come up with their like CPI or their inflation numbers when they're mm -hmm. putting out their reports. It's like, yeah, you know, look. college has been insane. Housing prices have been insane. Gas, yeah. Like to fill a gas tank. You yeah. Know, I remember, when I first started driving, I could fill my gas tank and probably have leftover money with a twenty dollar bill. Like, yeah, not close anymore. Yeah, yeah. I know it's insane. College tuition as well is insane because you go to like a place like even Penn State is fifty five grand a year, or like Drexel is fifty five grand a year. Mm -hmm. You do four years there. And you spent like two hundred thousand dollars. And then you're in debt slaves. I know, I know, <laughs> and that's that's the too. struggle. Yeah, and you know all this stuff. It's like when you're talking about personal growth and development, all these kinds of things. Like most of this stuff, nobody's teaching you this, right? You have to go learn this yourself. You have to yeah. educate yourself. You have to try to understand like what is money, what is fiat currency versus sound money, and like why did they decouple the dollar from gold at one point in time and then mm -hmm. why did they you know create the federal reserve even though there were presidents before who were like you know the destruction of any nation or free society is this central banking system mm -hmm. and things of that nature so it's, yeah. you know there's there's all this information that's available to help you understand the world that we're living in a little bit better and then once you do that you can kind of see the way the rules are set up and you can mm -hmm. You can work either with them or or opt out of them in the sense of cryptocurrency. We'll see where it goes, you know. But uh, yeah. But like these are all, I think, just aspects of of wellness. Is, you know, things like we were talking about earlier, like mindset, mental health, and then there's financial health, and there's yeah. social health, and then there's yeah. you know, physical health. Yeah. So like. I think a lot of times we just think of health as the absence of disease, right? It's like, oh, I'm not sick today. My nose isn't runny. I must be healthy. But like, yeah. you know, are you? And, There's a and, lot of different healths. Yeah. And you got to you got to do a lot of research and, and or just talk to a lot of people who know a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but then you got to verify what they say, especially in this day and age. Mm -hmm. and who knows? 
if anything anybody's saying is true yep Mm -hmm. yeah definitely take an inventory of where you're at or reflecting Mm -hmm. on your situation is is huge and and it's in all those areas mentally physically emotionally financially spiritually spiritually yeah it's I've, i've heard i think my dad told me this there's like seven different types of intelligence yeah there's like iq which is intelligence quote unquote then there's also like EQ which is emotional intelligence yeah and there's, there's a lot of different ways that, that you can be smart in life and like even like a sports player there's their body motions like Kobe Bryant was a genius in basketball so yeah having that that muscle dexterity and to be able to replicate something over and over and, and whatnot it's, it's a lot so. takes practice takes a lot, a lot of practice, of practice yeah. yeah practice yeah. consistency discipline yeah too like we i think too what a lot of what we're saying is we're we're taking an approach that's not reductionist in the way we're trying to go about our life and our wellness and our well-being and i think we were born into a society that is based on reductionist thinking like oh, almost the whole scientific process is reductionist. It's like, how do we remove all these variables, Mm -hmm. sterilize this environment and and watch the interaction of just this and just that, and then come up with a conclusion about that and then try to extrapolate that to all these other scenarios where like, we don't live in a sterile environment. We don't live in a controlled environment. So it's like, you know, we're always, we have to be in a position where we know how to kind of decondition ourselves from those philosophical things that are engraved in us which is really hard like you know a lot of my growth in life has been unlearning things or yeah or or kind of um unwiring certain neurological connections and things like that i have you know certain synaptic connections in my brain and and uh and then being intentional about about all right which ones am i going to create now moving forwards like habits right like mm-hmm. you know a lot of times it's like you can put time and energy both into creating a new habit or learning a new thing and you can also put time and energy into unlearning an old habit or yeah Um, and i think you're kind of doing the two simultaneously most of the time but yeah yeah but also just recognizing that too that's i think the first the first part of anything yeah oh well maybe i don't know about money or maybe i don't know about mental health or maybe Mm -hmm. i don't know about uh, any of these alternative therapies or, or things mm-hmm. like that, and so yeah, right. Yeah, how do you how do you realize that? I know, and it's funny because once you realize something that you want to make improvements on, or you're not the best with, you're not an aspect of your life that you're currently not happy with, you see reoccurring. You're like, okay, now I'm aware of it, and then you're aware of it for so long. It's like, what do I do about that? Yeah, because like one thing for me is I'm like very competitive yeah. and very into like comparing like mm-hmm. where I'm at versus where this guy's at or you and I could be doing artwork and I'll be saying oh his tree is better than mine yeah. and, and you wouldn't know we're competing but I'm competing in my head and I'm like oh this is not good and so it's like slowly like being aware of that and like I don't know it's it's tough to get out of mental processes that we've learned we've developed over the years mm-hmm. And yeah, well, there's also a proclivity towards certain things based on certain people, like and and who they are and what they're made of. So, like, this is why I like Ayurveda, which is like the sister science to yoga. So, mm-hmm. that aspect of competitiveness that would so there's three 
general categories and, and they kind of mix but there's like mm-hmm. kapha which is mostly like based on the elements of earth and water and there's pitta which is mostly the fire element and then mm-hmm. there's vata which is mostly like air and space um and so like a pitta person has that fire in them that fire of competition that you know kind of uh drive to compete and to compare and things of that nature so like knowing your own makeup and like being somebody who yourself probably has more fire in them mm-hmm. which creates that kind of thing and like i can tell i can see you have light eyes like you know there's certain physical characteristics lighter hair mm-hmm. things like that that come with these things as well and and so instead of being like oh you know this is this is a uh, an obstacle in in my kind of like life you can be like you know this is inherent to some of the qualities that are just natural with me and like how can i channel that into things that are constructive or Mm -hmm. to you know recognize that like oh i know i'm a little bit more fiery by nature so when we get when i go out and i you know i'm just having it frisbee cast or something with somebody like i don't need to be the best yeah and like even when that happens like that that competitive like i need to be the best you can be like oh that's my pitta nature like and you can see it for what it is as opposed to be like why am i so competitive and like personalize everything it's like oh all right well this is just a natural quality of kind of the way i'm comprised and Mm -hmm. it's my natural proclivity to to act and think and respond in this kind of way and and uh you know learn to turn it into a a tool or a strength that you can work with as opposed to yeah. something that you have to turn off or yeah, push right. away. You I know, know my turn it down sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, my strategy was to join a softball league. Yeah. So it's like I can get the competitiveness out. Exactly. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz otherwise like I know for myself I'm also fiery, I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not doing something where I can be competing in a way where it's agreed upon that everybody's competing like that if i thwart that competitive nature in me then i'll tend to get more irritable more angry like i'll start to notice fire building in me and i it doesn't always find outlets that are conducive to my well-being to get out and like agreed upon competition is a great way to express that fire element um but yelling and screaming at somebody who is taking too long to um do whatever you know in line in front of you that's mm-hmm. that's probably because you have too much pent-up fire and you're not finding like, ways to, to yeah to let it go in a healthy way yeah but it all comes with self-awareness yeah yeah self-awareness is such a big big trait so yeah. important in life how did you so i always like to to find out how people started on the spiritual path or what got them into things. Yeah. How did yours start? Uh, it was a combination of things. It was a combination of living a very unhealthy lifestyle for a long time, which I think ultimately brought me to a state of severe depression, which landed me in a hospital, um, which then ultimately landed me a few books on like mindfulness, guys like Thich Nhat Hanh, he's like a Vietnamese mm-hmm. Buddhist monk who... Um, does a lot of different mindful things i started to learn about like osho who's more tantric and uh that kind of opened the world of spirituality and and spiritual philosophy and and all these things to me and and, you know once i was in the hospital for depression it was just like all right 
this is the chance. I'm either going to start moving that direction now or I'm just going to land back here or worse. Like mm-hmm. my plan next time is going to yeah. play out and I'll be gone. I won't have a chance. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a mix between that. It was a mix between psychedelics, you know, mm. having like a experience of uh, like a, like a beyond the body experience from, mm. from different use of like LSD back when and, and, uh, know mushrooms and, and things of that nature and experimenting with all that and yeah. so like it was a combination of all this stuff really and as funny as it is i would say for the first 20 man maybe 18 to 20 years of my life i was like more or less atheistic or mm-hmm. agnostic yeah. and then since having some psychedelic experiences and my what i would say my dark night of the soul and my depression mm-hmm. and then where i came from that it's like ever since then I've been just like really involved in spirituality and not like yeah. not saying that like I don't know how to word it. I, I feel like it's it's a it's a kind of um like a free flowing spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like even though I, I gravitate towards certain paths and things of that nature, like yeah. I, I don't feel like I need religion to like save me or protect me or anything like yeah. that. It's just like I'm exploring this relationship to the divine in mm-hmm. my understanding. Yeah. Um and to get there and still it's it's always morphing, it's always changing and uh I like to be eclectic and to pull things from different paths and different mm-hmm. um sources and and cultures and things of that nature but uh yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what exactly was it but i i usually date it back to like my week inpatient in a in a psychiatric hospital when i was depressed Mm, yeah 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 no it's and that's that's like you said dark night of the soul i mean at at some point like you either change or you stay the same route and Mm. yeah i like spirituality like you said it's it is very free-flowing. So I remember writing a paper on it one time, the difference between religion and spirituality. And there's a lot of crossovers between the two. Religion's just a bit more organized. There are more steps. It's more like follow this route versus spirituality is, is very similar concepts. You can be religious and spiritual. You can be religious and not spiritual. You can be spiritual and not religious. And so it's basically doing your own practice instead of following another custom or another like set of rules and different things and i found it to be very it it gives you a lot of peace Mm -hmm. in all honesty like the feeling you get after meditation the feeling you get after yoga or like different practices and spirituality different ideas that you just know to be true like you can read something you're like wow that that makes a lot of sense and just things like that latching on to it and whatnot um another thing i like about it is that the language you're not necessarily using a book that's archaic Mm -hmm. or like been like written in terminology that's kind of hard to understand like it can and a lot of the lessons from the bible and different religions are very common across all religions yeah and so and same with spirituality i mean the golden rule do unto others so you want to be done unto you yeah like it's it's easy kind of it's it's, it's a very easy concept but yeah it's it's spirituality is something really fantastic and 
it does help a lot with personal growth and being self-aware like hey why do I get pissed off every time somebody cuts me off in traffic mm-hmm. I remember there was this one line I read in a book and it was this guy saying how can I tell how spiritual I am or where I'm at on my spiritual growth and he's like there's many ways he said give me one he said pay attention to how often you get annoyed throughout your day mm-hmm. and that'll be an indication to how where you're at on your spiritual journey it's like oh so like as you get annoyed at people cutting you off in traffic and you get annoyed about your grocery store not having your favorite product or this and that, it's kind of like little bits of insight like, hey, it's, it's just kind of a reflection of where you're at. Yeah, it shows you where you're still blocking or like resisting a little mm-hmm. bit and things like that. But, but like you said, I, I do think too that there are these these similar threads in all these religions and, and spiritual traditions or or non-traditions and I think too like there's there's like what I said earlier with the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing I think in mm-hmm. each religion or each cultural or spiritual tradition there's lots of like guideposts and lots of things that can help you as you navigate your own path so I think like the way I differentiate religion and spirituality is religion kind of being like all right here's here like you said here's the steps here's the way you climb the mountain and then spirituality being like kind of like okay well i'm actually gonna kind of go off on my own route a little bit here Mm -hmm. um but i'm gonna keep peeking over every now and then just to make sure that like if i do feel like i'm really lost or i landed in a place that's not you know that's that's it's really hard for me to to process and to live through it's like i i know there are certain guideposts and signs i can look to and they might steer me a little bit back towards you know something that's going to help me get there with a a little less uh strain and and suffering ideally but um the only thing about religion too is that a lot of what religion stems from was co-opted and used kind of in a way as a way to manipulate and control people so it's not so much the the ancient scriptural basis of a lot of this stuff that's problematic it's the way that over time it has been re-rendered into additions that have you know really kind of eliminated certain aspects of it to to move more power and control into certain people's hands and situations like that yeah yeah same thing like we were talking about with finance and and things like that it's like yeah Mm -hmm. money in itself was never really a problem until they started changing what money was into fiat currency and it's like until these little things take place which we don't see because we're they happen Mm -hmm. you know in times when either we weren't alive or we just weren't taught about that process of how they were changed or co-opted into something else um by the time we are where we are we we just look at at the thing on face value and be like this is bad this is wrong we see religion and be like oh religion's you know this like basically bs that is just used to control people it's like well no like yeah maybe it's been morphed into that through certain you know time periods and things mm-hmm. of that nature but if you go back further like you see oh wait there's truth in all of this there's truth in any religious path there's truth in any you know kind of spiritual concept or philosophy or anything like that and and like there's value 
in money and and like Mm -hmm. there's value in all this stuff and you look to where it came from and and you get back to these like first principles of things which is really where if you're willing to to go there to dive in to to kind of get to that level of depth i feel like you can always extract truth or value um and you can use that in a in a psychological or or kind of a, a subtle sense and what does that mean or you can also use that in a very real, tangible sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, but spirituality for me has been—I don't know. I I feel weird like putting it in words too, yeah. because it's not like just—it's not a thing. It's not something that you do. For instance, it's it's more just like I feel like it's just more of a word to describe what drives anything. Um, and, and I, you know, I have my views on that and my Mm -hmm. interpretation of that. Um, and some people probably use other words or, you know, explain it differently or interpret it differently. Um, and I guess maybe that's where religion and spirituality kind of differ. Yeah. Yeah. Spirituality. I think a lot of it is like mindset. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest themes of this whole oh, this it. whole podcast <laughs> is like mindset because yeah it's give it up to something else or do something different it's it's cool it's uh it's a self-awareness is huge self-awareness is a big concept of like spirituality pretty much just to be aware of yourself be aware of other things just awareness yeah being aware but yeah, I found spirituality to be, like... I got really lucky because my dad was into a lot of, like, Deepak Chopra mm-hmm. and different, like, spiritual guides because I was young. And so I would get, like, little, like, pieces of insight from him and whatnot. I got lucky because I had two really good parents. And I'm, like, really thankful for the situation that I got thrown into. Um but I remember watching this movie called The Secret yep. back when I was in high school. Yeah. And that movie was one of the ones that, that really brings up the law of attraction and being focused on the good out in the world. And I remember one concept that I really latched onto was the gratitude rocks. Mm-hmm. And one dude was having a really bad time, really rough time at work. He was getting harassed on his walk home. People in his department weren't working well with him. He's writing to a pen pal in Africa. He's like, hey, man, I'm having a really tough time. Just wanted to share this. And the guy sent him back some rocks. And I was like, here, take a gratitude rock. Every time you touch it, say you're thankful for something. And slowly your situation will start to improve. And so, like, after he did that for two months, the the people in his department that didn't like him too much ended up getting transferred out or they got fired or different things happened. And then the people stopped harassing him on his way home from work. And it was like, whoa, hey, man, can you, can you send me some more of those rocks? Yeah. I'm going to need some more. And so it was a concept that I really latched onto when I was in high school because I would see people that were having bad days and, and not feeling too well. And I've been more like an upbeat like person. Like if I'm ever not too upbeat, I'm usually in my room behind a door. So like I'm like more that upbeat, happy person around people. And then I got to be careful not to just have it as a front. Yeah. all the time that's the other thing to be aware of but I would see people not having a good day and I was like hey Jasmine what, where's your gratitude rock yeah she's like what <laughs> gratitude rock and I'd pull one out of my pocket and I'd usually like give one to her 
and be like, so this is what it is. Actually, like, I brought one for you. Right on. As well, because I want to, like, continue passing it along. I'd be like, this is, and I'd give out these little gratitude rocks as, like, little reminders yeah. of, like, every time you touch it, you say you're thankful for things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm thankful for you. Thankful for you as well, man. It's, yeah. It's wonderful that our paths crossed, and I feel like, these little things too. I I did that for a long time, where I just take a certain crystal, like I take like a rose quartz and put it in my pocket, and then every time like, you know, I'd started to find myself getting pulled out of my heart or pulled out of this state of unconditional love for the universe and myself and and everybody and everything in it. Then you know, every time you put your hand in your pocket, you touch that stone. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it brings you back, right? It, it does. Brings you back into truth, into into your own inner wisdom and inner light and yeah. once you're there like you know that's when things start happening for yeah you. that's the flow that's the law of attraction yeah because i really think like manifestation and things like that comes more about like your energetic state like you attract what you are essentially like you know like attracts like which is basically the law of attraction right and mm-hmm. so if you're full of fear and resentment and envy and all these things like well you're probably going to attract that into your life but yeah. if you can start filling yourself with gratitude with acceptance with love with you know these emotional states which have a, a vibratory frequency to them you're going to pull that more into your life too um, yeah. and i think that's the nice thing about like yeah. what we were saying very towards the beginning of this i think is like how you know you're drawn towards there's groups of people now in your life because that's what you are and that's what you're putting out there emitting in terms of like a frequency so you're not only attracting those people to you but those other people who are doing the same thing are attracting you to them and then you just keep finding yourself in these growing circles and communities of people who are all yeah. still very human and working on our yeah. stuff like nobody's yeah. just love everyone's <laughs> human yeah we're all yeah, really. part of our shit too but, yeah. but ultimately I think you know that awareness gives you that ability or that that token of reminder gives you that ability to be like okay i got lost again i got yeah. caught up again and yep. it's like all right let me take a deep breath mm-hmm. i'm not gonna deny it like i'm not gonna be like oh bad i'm not gonna shame myself and be like you know you, you failure you you know, you're never gonna get this kind of situation it's like oh yeah i'm human mm-hmm. i got lost i made a mistake I uh, got caught up in in my mind and my thoughts and and everything like that. It's like, but here I am. Now that I recognized, I have the chance to start over. Yeah. Get back into that intentionality. Yeah, right. I think think most of it is just keeping that thought in the front of your mind. Yeah. As you go throughout your business, go throughout your day. It's hard. So hard. It is. It's not easy. It really is not. But, man, life is so much better when... When you're just appreciating your surroundings as you're going about your business. Yeah. Appreciating your interactions. Appreciating the people that are calling you instead of like, oh, God, I got to talk to so-and-so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite words is appreciation. Yeah. I feel like that. Because I think sometimes, like, when I think of the word gratitude, too, I'm like, why am I not grateful right now? <laughs> but then even still, just, like, appreciating. It's like, all right, I can appreciate my humanness right now Mm -hmm. and if that means being ungrateful like i can still appreciate this because i know 
that by having this experience, like it gives, it's going to give me perspective for the other too. So when I do find myself in that other state, I'm going to be able to enjoy it at a whole nother level because I didn't deny that aspect of my humanness when I chose to appreciate that lapse in gratitude that I experienced for however long it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. It's a valuable thing to keep in the front of your mind. Yeah. So, I mean, I I try to keep one of those on me every day. I have a second one in my pocket too for me. It's like, I'm thankful for, for moments like this. And and it's like, we, we look past things that we're thankful for too. Like our refrigerator that has food in it or our bed or, like our family or different things that yeah it's easy to forget it is and i think too the you know it's it's easy i don't know why maybe it's something that'll change over time but i know for me it's been easy to look at my life and and to see what's missing or what's wrong but Mm -hmm. then like it's sometimes requires effort to look at my life and to see like how much is beautiful and great and like wonderful i don't know i think that's like part the depression still that's in me yeah. somewhere or just part of that just life. of life yeah it's yeah, duality exactly. for sure you know we're in november we got thanksgiving coming up and uh-huh. i've been doing a lot of gratitude journaling and and mindful gratitude exercises lately and i swear it is one of the greatest mood enhancers that i've ever that i've ever worked with you know it's better than most drugs is gratitude. yeah it's kind of like a drug in the way that it works yeah. so really start getting the good flowing chemicals and the happy chemicals pumping out through your system yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's quality stuff man yeah it really is we we all need more of that absolutely more gratitude and more appreciation yeah and there's no shortage of it it's not like really not it's not capped at a certain level (laughs) no once you hit this amount of gratitude you're done Mm -hmm. so yeah it's like any of those i think um there's there's really wholesome emotions and feelings it's the more that you cultivate them and offer them the more plentiful they become there's yeah. just that abundance behind them inherent within them yeah right yeah i remember reading that i mean i feel like it's true that every emotion either stems from love or fear mm-hmm. it's like everyone like anger like envy greed all that is from like fear-based mm-hmm. and all the, like the good things the happy joy excitement all that is love-based it's like yeah, we gotta we gotta stick with the more loved ones, the more gratitude, the more appreciation. Yeah, more of that the better. Yeah, so. it's always there, man. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. Well, thank you for for doing this, man. It's fun. I really appreciate it. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, we get well, multiple of these podcasts. We apply this stuff, and yeah, yeah, it'll be it'd be cool to check back in and yeah, see, uh, see where we're at, and how everything's going. Yeah, see if any of this is still true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, we can do as many of these as you want. Cool, if we could do this is this is something I plan on keep going for for a long time. Cause, yeah, yeah, the more the more of it, the better. Good man. Let's give people a chance to talk and uh, to be heard, and uh, I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing some of your conversations with other people too. Because yeah. I'm sure whatever they say is going to resonate with me in some yeah. way too. But maybe something somebody says will make something click in me that I couldn't figure yeah. out on my own. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really quality stuff. So these conversations, I'm such a fan of them. Yeah. And the fact that I can just share them and different things is even better. Yeah. So, thank you, man. Of course, man. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. All right. (laughs) Peace.